Hi, and welcome to the Council of Fathers podcast. We are exploring that wild and crazy journey we call fatherhood. I'm Noah. I'm Dave. And today we're doing something a little different. We're doing something special today. We have some very special guests today. Uh, We have the stars of Motherhood Uncut, Deb and Kate. Thank you so much for joining us today. So happy to be here. Thank you for having us. If you haven't checked out Motherhood Uncut, Mothering Uncut, Mother Motherhood. motherhood. I had it right the first time. You were right. Got it. Motherhood Uncut. Check it out. It's awesome. And we thought today we would call this Council Uncut, right? A little combination. And what we wanted to talk about today is sort of a follow-up on our last episode where we were talking about guilt and shame, which I've started to call shilt. Oh, so <laughs> good. I don't, I don't know if you like that or not. I like that. that. And um, in particular, this concept of the good enough parent that, that comes up. And really, this tension that Noah and I feel mm. when dads come to our groups and they have these this incredible intention to be better fathers Mm. right their goal is to be a better dad and what tends to come along with that is this idea that they're not good enough Mm. as fathers as people right so this tension between like the project of being the dad i want to be being the parent i want to be without beating the shit out of myself Mm. in the process and i'll bring in like just the other the other side of the coin which is the piece where i would notice that you know i got into this this big self-forgiveness kick (laughs) right and anytime i would mess up or do something i regretted i would just be like all right let's just be gentle with myself and you know these things happen and but and it felt like i wasn't holding myself accountable at the Mm. same time it felt like i was sort of falling into complacency and using this like i'm good enough you know as an excuse Mm. to just not change let yourself off the hook exactly bypassing yeah yeah and where's that like middle middle line middle path so so the first question is do mothers deal with this (laughs) you can answer that question for us I mean, I, ha- I, I have very <clears throat> strong, passionate feelings, both about this idea of good enough and also about the idea of guilt. And I think good enough is interesting, right? Because in many ways, it's really useful, right? We do not need to be perfect parents. We only need to be good enough. And, you know, Donald Winnicott convinced us of that, right? Mm-hmm. This idea that, like, ah, mistakes are important to be making in relationship development and self-development. And so perfection misses that but so good enough in some ways feels really important it feels important to start there but what are we actually talking about when we say good enough and one thing that women go through constantly and maybe men too I'm curious to hear your opinion but is this comparing mind it is like we are programmed from a very young age to compare ourselves to others and so when I also wonder about good enough it's like compared to what and that there's often this theme of inadequacy that comes with that. And we're being messaged that all the time. You don't look good enough. You're not thin enough. You're not tall enough. You're not 
whatever, you know, all these things. And that is, I think that that deep messaging of inadequacy and comparing mind plays into motherhood, which actually does the opposite of what women need to be doing for each other, which is building each other up. A hundred percent. I feel like the comparing mind lives in us, you know, in that same way. Do fathers compare? Yes. Noah's a better father than I am. (laughs) One of the things I think Dave and I both really try to emphasize in the podcast, in our work in councils, in the men's groups that we do, in coaching, is our own fallibility, right? We, We are so you know, it feels really important to share stories of like, oh, this is how I fucked up. This is, you know, and this is how I fixed it. Yes. Or I wish I had fixed it sooner. Or this is what I wish I had done. Right. But like, because, yeah, because the last thing I want is people thinking that there's the perfect parent out there that like that they need to strive to be like, you know, yeah. Isn't that part of this, though? When I hear, when I talk to mothers about this idea of good enough, certainly is the case for myself. I go into, like, the doing mind, right? I think about, mist- I think about what am I doing? Am I, am I making mistakes in my actions? And what we know is that no one is perfect in their actions, right? And we all make mistakes, and we only have to be good enough. And then we have to, to your point, Noah, take ownership for our mistakes and lean into them so that we can learn from them and grow. Where I have a tricky, where I get trapped in this idea of good enough, and this is new for me as a psychotherapist, if I move from like my psychotherapy model to my coaching model, I'm just gonna name here that I think there's so much value for all of it. And as, as therapists, we're really taught to meet our clients where they are right? That's a very profoundly important part of good therapy where many of my clients are stuck and I don't want to meet them stuck. I don't feel like that's helpful. Like after it's good to sort of name the challenges and name the discomfort and name the mistakes. And then we need to sort of shift and move. And so where I get really interested is like, what if the reality was that we could feel great, right? What if being a what if we could both feel awesome and be a good enough parent right because i don't know about you guys but when i feel good i show up pretty damn well you know i'm more likely to say sorry i'm more likely to learn from my mistakes i'm actually less likely to make mistakes actually yeah that's it i I think that's you know you mentioned winnicott i think that's where he was coming from Mm -hmm. it's like well well twofold right one is that it's not good for the child for for the parent to try to be perfect yes. right and or for the child to try and be perfect the child needs to make mistakes mm. that's a imp- really important part totally. of developing right but the other thing is like you know it's not letting you off the hook to say you're good enough it's saying that uh that striving for perfection and comparing yourself with others makes you feel bad feel bad (laughs) and it's uh counterproductive right it's like swimming upstream paddling upstream totally i always think of um when i when i used to play little league Mm. and that moment where you you take you get a you, you feel the grounder and you have to throw it to first the performance pressure 
to throw the ball to first is like, it's so easy. You could do it all day practicing. In a game, you choke. Yes. And it's like, it's the same with any kind of performance. Mm. Parenting can be like that too. Like yeah. the very pressure that we put on ourselves to do well is the thing that makes us choke. But feeling great is about, yeah, it's like, when is enough enough? I'm a good enough person, right? So it's like we, we joked before about like great enough, right? Yes, yes. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe great is the new good enough. Well, I have a quick, can I ask you guys a question about yeah. your work with respect mm-hmm. to this? I, Deb, I think you and I have talked about this, but I'm curious about with dads, right? We get caught, I think mothers get caught in this cycle, especially with young children, where we sort of assume that all we need to do is feel good enough. So not even just be a good enough parent. It's like, well, I can't expect myself to feel great because I'm, motherhood is hard and I'm running around doing a mm. million things. So mm. I just need to feel good enough. And to me, for a long time, I was like on board with that. Like, yeah, mm. motherhood is hard. Of course you don't feel great. But then I'm like, fuck that, right? So, so I think we can get stuck when we assume that because this job as mothers is so complicated and hard that we don't get both. We can't both feel the challenge and feel great at the same time. And I guess I'm wondering, Deb, always wondering what you think about this, but I'm also wondering how that shows up, that idea shows up with dads. Because when I hear you say this, the dads who are like, I mean, Deb and I, we talk about this all the time, even outside of our work, like, right? Like if I go inward and take care of myself so I feel really good, the doing of motherhood is not that effortful. It's mm. actually quite easy, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's logistical, but it's not like full of effort. But that only happens if I find a way to take care of myself first. That was a lot of words. So really... Great question. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, it's interesting to have this conversation about feeling great, being good, all the guilt, when I think that that is so unique for so many people. Which part? What feeling great looks like. Uh. So in our culture, I think that we really value the joyful extrovert. It's like mm-hmm. they seem like they're feeling great. And I think there's great greatness in that. But I also think there's so much wisdom in someone that is just feeling connected to themselves. And that might look quieter. That might be messier. That might even have some tenderness attached to it. And so when I think about how we relate to our kids, it's like, to me, it's about how do you feel embodied how do you actually feel present with your kids and to me that is greatness you know and it well that feels good it does feel good when i i just want to clarify yes when i talk about feeling good i mean like my nervous system is not activated yes i don't necessarily mean just to clarify that i'm feeling energetic and a ball of energy and right i'm talking about like literally in my body I feel good. Yeah. Versus feeling ill at ease or tight. So such this. Yeah. I'm curious. This is such mothering conversation talking about how we feeling. Do you guys talk about how you're feeling as dads and with your clients as well? Noah and I are both um, NFPs. We're both Mm -hmm. intuitive feeling uh, 
folks. Um, but no. Yeah, <laughs> really? Well, I think one of the things that stands out about the space that we create in Council of Fathers is that it, is that people do and can talk about their feelings. And it's for men, for dads, such a breath of fresh air mm. and such a like relief and experience of taking the load off. And when you, uh, when you started describing the, I, you know, this, this concept of feeling good that isn't extroverted mm. and energized, you know, the thought that came up in my mind was like, I'm not sure how many men, mm. how many dads have a concept of that or like, um, you know, really, yeah. And, and, and maybe I'm sort of stereotyping in my own way of like, um, but yeah, I, my, my sense is that there's a huge gap when it comes to being present in one's body yes. and like being able to feel great feeling uncomfortable feel or you know mm. feeling feelings yes yes <laughs> you know and even the fact that they might be perceived as uncomfortable you know because it's sadness or because it's tenderness or because it's vulnerable right and so what what i what i have witnessed a lot of is the 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 feeling great of the after sharing of the after like, like being relief almost? yes yeah. yes the like i've just verbalized what i've been feeling silently and on my and, and alone in myself for all this time it's like how you feel after you throw up yeah <laughs> well and it's how, yes. and it's how a child feels when they're received <sighs> yeah right i mean when some when when a parent can actually have the en enough presence regardless of their mood and be able to reflect that back to a kid, a kid feels completely held. And I think that's when co-regulation happens. And to your mm. point, when, we're, when we are regulated, we have the ability to co-regulate our kids. And then there's this nervous system settling that yeah. has nothing to do with if we say the right thing, yeah. what we do with them, the sense of be doing versus being yeah that to for, me is good and good yeah and great. For, well for me yeah so kate when you were talking about feeling great parenting and i was like huh yeah. <laughs> and then and then when deb's like reframed it as um feeling yeah the nervous system or you did feeling calm in the nervous system uh, yes that's it it's like that's probably the number one goal or idea that dads come to us that they're looking to feel they're looking to feel present mm. is what they would describe which is not a feeling but a state right that they want to be experience yeah right we live i think i think that it's fair to say as a generalization that men tend to live in their heads mm -hmm. right you're you're problem solving you're thinking you're planning you're fixing right again generalization and women tend to live in our bodies, we, te we, we are more comfortable and familiar with talking about how we feel in our bodies, right? And to me, what I hear you saying is such an interesting distinction because when I feel good, I feel clear. Mm. I feel clean, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. like, like there's no drama in my brain and my, it's just like, it just is. And that to me is the space where I'm more creative, 
it's easier to problem solve. I have more tolerance for the crap my kids come to me with. I often am saying that my definition of mental health is not actually feeling good all the time. It's being willing to not feel good and learning how to not react to that so that we have access to feeling good, right? Because of course, when I talk about this idea of feeling good, I'm not talking about like 24 seven. I mean, we need those emotions to tell us where we're off track, right? That's yeah. so interesting. I have a question for you guys. Can I just yeah, want to share please, please, the, yeah. the word just that keeps coming to mind for me is is capable. Yes. yes. Capacity. Yeah. Yes. Is that is that yes. I can face whatever's coming yes. at me. And and there's quality of like groundedness and resourcedness. Yes. And um, you know, and so yeah, I just wanted to float that out there. Space, and push. But, right? Yeah. We in order to feel capable, we have to have that space in our brain and that space in our thinking. Yeah. And capacity for uncomfortable feelings. That's right. So, question: When you're working with fathers, do you do you sense that the community that you work with is more in that fix-it mentality? Do you see that the problem solving? I mean, it's been fascinating to see how different the groups of, of dads that, that show up for our different cohorts have been. And yeah, I mean, I, like, so the, the work, the group that we're currently working with, I would say that's like not as much of their orientation. And, and there, there's a sense of seeking togetherness and uh, connection and, and a space to process. At least that's what I, what I see so far. But in the past, we've definitely been, you know, seen people coming in with like, this is my problem and, and this is why I'm here is I, I want to fix this problem. And yeah. And, and often in the coaching work that we do, that, that's sort of the starting place. And it's a really cool starting place, right? It's, I think, I think it's helpful for, for sort of a lot of the conditioning that people are coming in with. And it does, it can feel helpful to have a direction or an orientation of like, what, where are we going here? But I think often, you know, we, we get there in, in, a, in a circuitous way, not, not as it would be expected, if that makes sense. I think there is a, a, like a bent towards like doing better rather than feeling better. Like mm. that's sort of the goal is to do better as a dad. And sometimes, and, and part of this idea of good enough father for me is like, I don't want to collude with that. I don't want the message to be like, you're right, you're broken, and I can help you become, you know, fixed. There, there's not, you're not broken. There's nothing wrong with you. You are good enough. You are whole. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're, your you're worthy. Yep. You're talking about the worthiness yeah. of just being alive. Yeah. It's making me realize that, sorry, I interrupted you. No, Finish. Well, it makes me realize that, that we're taught, it's interesting because you, you started by putting this term good enough parent in the middle of the room. Right. And as we're, I'm hearing you guys talk and as we're talking, I'm like, wow, I actually think it's likely that the majority of mothers and the majority of fathers think of and look at that term very differently. We're actually probably having two different conversations, right? Because what I'm working with my clients with all the time, I think we all are actually in this room is like, when we learn how to sit with and experience discomfort, we get to what you're saying right now. I'm okay. I can feel deep discomfort and still trust that I'm okay. And to me, the idea of good enough mother comes from that place. 
But it sounds like what you're saying is that when dads hear the term good enough dad, they're thinking about, to your point again, like what am I doing to, to act like, to be in action mm-hmm. a good enough dad? Is, am I hearing that right? Yeah, yeah. Um, that's, an, that's sort of an interesting perspective difference, isn't it? Wait, so, but I just want to clarify. So you're, you're saying that you don't think mothers are concerned with doing, like with the action of mothering? No. There isn't the, you don't think there's the same, I mean. I think there, in my experience, there's this, that women are coming in saying, I don't, I don't feel like a good mom. It's about a feeling. Mm. I don't feel like a good mom. Mm. I mean, to be quite frank, most mothers don't have a choice. They got to do all the shit. No one else is doing it, right? So it's like they're driving their kids to, you know, they're doing all the stuff. They're, they're maybe they have a job and they're right. So, and again, we're generalizing here, but I don't know for my clients is about, am I doing enough? Mm. I think it's about, I'm not feeling mm. like a good enough mom. I mean, what, just what's coming up in, 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 is that like a lack of like not having it reflected back to them like how how much well how welcome yeah. to motherhood yeah <laughs> i mean one of my one of my love top love languages words of affirmation yeah. and so i'm i'm familiar with what it feels like to yeah. to not be getting those words of affirmation that i really want and 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 what it feels like to be getting that and like um yeah but and i think um I'm trying to contrast that to to what I hear in the experience of of dads. And I, Dave, you look like you have something to insert here. I, I mean, I, I'm still trying to flesh this out, but <laughs> like the when we talk about concepts like development and attachment, and you know, like when we talk about the impact that parents have on their kids, there's this like hope. Oh, I can. Uh, I can have an impact on my kids. And then there's also this fear, oh my God, I can fuck up my kids, Mm. right? And that fear is what I I think is counterproductive. All right, I have two things to say. Yeah. First of all, I think it's really important for all of us as parents to remember that the way we truly mess up our kids is by consistent abuse, neglect, and abandonment. I mean, that is like, or, you know, if someone is unable to show up and like, but that there's so much room for resilience in the process of we're going to make a million mistakes. When we repair consciously, they're going to remember the repair. They're going to remember that moment where a parent showed ownership and humiliation and, and then really asked the kid, how are you doing? You know, and so I think sometimes when I work with parents, I want to give people permission that, and this goes back to this brilliance of mistake making that to really like fuck up your kids, you know, it's, it's extreme for that stuff to like sink in very deep and not to say that we're, there's no part of me that's taking people off the hook of not take taking care of themselves because as adults it is our responsibility this is kind of what you started by saying it's our absolute personal responsibility to take care of ourselves so we can show up for our kids yeah um and to work on ourselves so we can show up better yes, to keep growing to yeah. keep getting curious with ourselves to keep having you know self-reflection in order to reflect for them too um 
the thing that I get really curious about is how you started this whole conversation of guilt. So when you say that your dads come in and they have guilt, that they're not doing it right or doing it good enough, can they? Can you help me understand what they're guilty of? Yelling. Uh-huh, losing it. Not being present, being on their phones. Uh-huh working more than they really have to so that they don't have to be around their kids because it's difficult and you know a lot of the dads that we we that come into the to the councils have younger kids which is like a different phase from i think the teenage mm-hmm. um and yeah i think i mean that those are like a few i think yelling and and checking out are like probably the the, the top two um which are problematic. Yeah. Right? Yelling and checking out is a, is avoidance. Right. It's avoidance of everything we're talking about, of sitting with the discomfort of avoidance of presence. Mm-hmm. So I guess I wonder, is a little guilt a motivator? Ooh. I have very strong feelings about guilt. Tell me. I think guilt is really useful and really important. Like any emotion, only if we're really willing to feel it and get curious about the messaging in it, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, anyone who's a therapist or a coach is gonna say there's wisdom in emotions and feelings. If we're not willing to feel them, we miss the messaging in it, right? And for me, guilt, we feel guilt when we're breaking a quote unquote rule. Mm -hmm. It's a rule that someone has set for us or a rule we have set for ourselves. So. The way I talk about guilt is when we're feeling guilt, one of two things is happening. We have a rule that we have set for ourselves and we've, we've taken an action that's out of the integrity of that rule. Okay, the guilt is important to feel because it's reminding us that we're out of our integrity. We're out of alignment. Or we've set a rule for ourselves and we're feeling guilt and the rule needs to be changed. Mm. Right? Yeah. Like good dad's never are on their phones when they're at home. I don't know, making that up just right. Sure. And you know, I think for uh, for for us in the mom work, it's often you know, what I see a lot of is that the guilt around being a quote unquote good enough mom comes around with like good moms are are available to their children, right? Good moms are um always showing their children love. Like, I don't know, right? And find me a mom who's always available to her children Mm. or always finds, you know, shows her children love. And so that's the time where I will ask, what is your rule that you have about motherhood that you think you're breaking? And then we get to say, what if we change the rules? You know, what if good mothers gave their children plenty of room to learn how to be on their own without them? I mean... Look at all the space you just cleared up, right? So I think guilt is really motivating and directive for us as parents in finding that good enough mother or that good enough father. I hear you saying too is that guilt mixed with some empathy is motivation for behavior change. Yeah, for sure. And and compassion, right? If I'm feeling guilt and I let myself feel it, and of course we need to do that. And of course we always, I think many parents, moms and dads miss the compassion piece, right? They're like, oh man, of course I feel that way. I just yelled at my kid. Of course I'm feeling guilty. That makes sense, 
right? And then we get to ask ourselves, how do I want to feel? I don't want to feel guilty. I want to feel connected to my kid. Okay, what's a thought or an action I can take that will lead me to feeling connected to my kid? Oh, I can, you know, come back and do some of that forgiveness you talked about, Noah, or I can get down at my kid's eye level and say, wow, I just yelled at you and I didn't take my deep breath and, right? Yes, I, I love where you're coming from and how you're orienting towards guilt and and just naming it as well nothing more than like a message around us doing something that feels out of integrity and then we have to assess whether the the whether it is an integrity and like the thought of what we thought was in in integrity was wrong or whether it was out of integrity and how do we come back into integrity and i think what i see more often than not is the guilt is is a shutdown and it causes um you know maybe more so with dads than with moms maybe it's the same i don't know but like you know withdrawal there's you know the guilt spirals into shame i was gonna say that sounds like shame right right yeah can i add on that yes please because i totally agree with you and i actually think that so often with all of us parents but i see this particularly with dads too because i work with a lot of dads as well that when we don't have a conscientious transitional moment into being a parent, then there is a lack of self-love and really pausing before putting on a different hat. Because, and I'm gonna generalize a bit, but you know, where a lot of times moms tend to be doing that like after school to dinner vibe, which is really hard hours. I think most moms will say like four to six is like, either you're shuffling all over town or making dinner or burning dinner if you're me. (laughs) And uh, it's also the time that we feel the most guilty of stepping away to take care of ourselves. Interesting. Right? Yes. Yes. You know what I mean by that? Yeah, absolutely. Right. It's because when it's a it's and it's also a time where we collect our kids and that time of collection is really important. So then when dad, if dad's working later than mom and I feel really like gendery right now, so I just want (laughs) to acknowledge that. (laughs) But that if dad doesn't take a moment to transition, especially in the younger years, then he's actually doing a disservice to himself, which then impacts the whole family. So I remember so many years in my own experience of my husband, my beautiful husband, Howie, would walk in the house and I'd be like, here, and I would just like pass him a baby. And he had no time to transition. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really like, I know I'm getting a little problem solving-ish, but I just think that honoring the transitions of roles is actually such a beautiful setup to Mm. not losing it, to Mm -hmm. not wanting to exit the situation. That's all. I love that. Can I ask all three of you a question um, about this? Because I'm sort of taking, I have this, I'm really fired up right now in my work in a new way that feels good, actually. It feels really fun and exciting and empowering for both me and my clients, which is about personal responsibility, right? And I'm curious to hear what you all think. And Noah, you made me think of this when you talked about how this thing can happen with guilt. Mm -hmm. When we don't involve those other two steps, compassion and then action, we get stuck in guilt and it can turn to shame. And shame is debilitating. We don't move when we're in shame, right? And I've been asking myself in my own life and also my clients often in approaching things like, how do you want to feel? 
And what is a thought or an action that will lead to that feeling? And why don't we just start there? Mm. Because the only two things we can control are our own thoughts and our own actions. That's it, plenty of influence, but that's the only place we have any control. So if I think about your dads, and I'm assuming because I'm married to one and also because you know, you're saying this, that dads want to feel competent. They want to feel present. They want to feel, I don't know, what might some other words be? The dads that come to us, yeah. Yes. Are, are like, there's a selection effect, right? That dads that are coming to us are invested in yes. improvement. Great point. Yeah. And then, and then when I hear you talking about the sort of guilt or shame that they feel when they're not having that experience, I just, I, I know it sounds simple, but it kind of is simple, right? That's how I feel right now in my work, both in my own life and also in my work with clients. And I'm wondering what the three of you think of that concept with either moms or dads. And just uh, the concept is, Sort of, how do you want to feel, and then how do you get there? How do you want to feel? And then, I guess in some ways, I'm sort of saying, rather than think about all the reasons why you're feeling these bad, quote unquote, bad ways, to actually really ask the simple yet profound question, how do you want to feel? And what is a thought or an action you can take in this moment that will lead you closer to that feeling? I like the first part. I really like the how do I want to feel. Um, I'm I'm trying to wrap my head around like what is a thought or action to take to get there. Well, our thought right, our thoughts, our beliefs lead to our thoughts, lead to our feelings, lead to our actions, lead to what our life looks like, right? Yeah, I agree with the beliefs part. Yeah. Tell me more. Where's the Where's the uncertainty? I mean, help talk me through your, what you're thinking. Yeah. Well, core beliefs are, are, to me are sort of like um, they're well hidden and they're um, deep and they're uh, sometimes old. Mm. Um, and my thoughts personally, <laughs> Dave, um, are quite, uh, they're, they're firing away all the time, yes. right? And so I really, I personally like to sort of set an intention of how I want to feel. Yes. And then it's more, for me, it's more like observing when the thoughts come up yes. and I get hooked in them yes. and letting them go. So it's sort of the negative aspect or the side of what you're talking about is sort of like, um, you know, ACT calls it defusion, right? Like the watching the thoughts arise and letting them go if they're not taking me in the direction of how I want to feel. So I don't think, just to be clear, I don't think I'm, I agree, right? But we get to choose which thoughts we give our attention to. I feel really strongly about that's my lens. Mm -hmm. For me, when I lean into that lens, I feel hugely empowered. I do not feel stuck. I have space to lean in to whatever. Um, And I think the actions really are like, how often am I like, making choices in my life as a mom, because that's what we're talking about, that are keeping me stuck in feeling mm. incompetent or feeling frustrated, right? And I, you know, it's interesting. This is not a well-received concept in psychotherapy. 
right? Yeah. It, it really isn't. And it's also why I'm moving away from psychotherapy in many ways. And not mm-hmm. entirely. I still have a caseload and, and I believe fully in psychotherapy and trauma work and all of that. So I don't want to be too dismissive of or dismissive at all of like people who are really struggling. But I really think we get in our own way. And so the question for me is, how do we get out of our way? How do we ask ourselves, what part am I playing in this thing that's not working for me? What were you going to say? Well, I, I think um, in general, just to begin with, my orientation has thoughts and feelings much more intertwined and like almost co-arising as a, as a unit as opposed to it being that sequential. Um, I've seen, you know, I think feeling states can give rise to certain thoughts the same way thoughts can give rise to certain feelings. And it's sort of, I, I see that line and that like, uh, less linear. Um, and, and then from both personal experience and, and I've been working with, with other people, my sense is that, you know, Again, this is you're saying this is what you do with people, you know, in a session. So um, to to like, I think there's one can be so caught up in in the moment, in the experience, in the that like doing that switch around um, could feel difficult or or even unattainable. And and I think just um, that that question of what do I need to do right now to feel the way I want? I don't think it always, like, I don't even have, I don't have a clear, I mean, go for a run is probably like the most reliable answer, which isn't always possible in the moment. Or feel the bottom of your foot on the floor or take a deep breath. I mean, it requires being present. Being able to ask that question requires being present. I think all four of us feel so strongly about learning how to be present. A hundred percent, yeah. And I, I just, Mike, I think, my, I think what I see for the people that we tend to work with is, is that's exactly the question. Is mm-hmm. like, well, I, I don't know what I need to be doing in these situations, right? And that's where like the coaching comes in, or the the, the circles come in, or the um, and and slowing down and pausing and is 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 often another what's part of getting present. So I don't know if it, you did you have to answer this question I still am very much a psychotherapist too so I have that you know experience of sitting with people really in it and and it doesn't feel stuck actually to feel someone deeply in an uncomfortable state I don't think that's what you're saying no I mean I do that too it's a both and I know so I'm but I think I'm I'm just sitting with the discomfort that it can that can come up in not really knowing how to get out of your own way sometimes. So I think that's what I'm feeling. I want to I talk, share my personal experience, but I want to actually touch on something that you said that was so important. And I think this is a place we all actually align, and that is the collective mm. of parenthood. And when you said that when a dad can really share what's going on and that feeling like you after you just threw up, that relief that comes up. And I said it's about being received and kind of flipped it kind of too quickly into that's what where our kids thrive. That is actually where we as adults, I think, thrive so much too. And so to be in community where you get to talk about the hard, talk about the messy, talk about the strengths, 
and talk about the wins so much and be received in that, I actually think that that is where another level of where we thrive as parents because we realize we're much more alike than we're different. And I'm just going to jump again really quick that in the women's world that I'm privy to is we're so often taught not to be proud of ourselves because it can come off as bragging. And so... And we're then teaching, and I work with mothers and daughters, of course, then sometimes we're teaching our daughters that unconsciously. And so I make a point in a lot of my circles to have a brag session. Mm. And, you know, we talk, we commiserate about the hard, but I'm so into bringing in the wins because we have so many more successful moments than we're even allowing ourselves to Mm -hmm. realize, which I think could be a really cool way to talk with your dads too, of like, where did you succeed? Like, tell me more. And let me just say one last thing and then and that when we actually share the wins that gets so this is kind of to your point that gives us to be witnessed in a win gives our bodies a felt Mm. sense of what it's like to be doing a good job Mm -hmm. or feeling good about ourselves and when Mm. our bodies have those experiences on a somewhat repeated process we can access it quicker Mm. Okay, so now I'm going to circle back to when you say, how do I want to feel? You know, a lot of times Mm. I want to feel present. I want to feel, if I'm really honest, I want to feel like I'm saying the right thing to my kiddo at any given moment. What's that feeling? That feeling is authentic. It's feeling like I have access to my language. It's feeling like I can deeply listen. That's not a feeling, but the ability to deeply listen, also not a feeling. (laughs) Connected. Connection, yes, absolutely. Engaged. And when I don't feel that, it is very clear in my body. So again, to one of our points, someone said, it feels like tightness, it feels, you know, I can feel heat in my cheeks. And then I'm at a stage right now with my kids at their age that I can remove myself because I actually can say I am I am not here and I'm gonna go tend to myself and lay down. I'm a big like lay in star pose and put on Joni Mitchell and put my hand on my heart and take five, you know, listen to one song and come back. And so that's actually one of my strategies of but that's how the I same come thing, back. Right? How yeah. do you wanna feel? Yeah. And then you go do those things to access that feeling. Absolutely. And I think to your point we are parenting older kids and there's a there's more, more room space. in that yeah mm-hmm. to be able to leave them alone mm-hmm. and in when there's little little kids and they're like mommy 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 daddy daddy you know then it's it's harder so that was a really long answer love That's it great <laughs> yeah yeah and and i just i gotta go pick up a couple kids pretty soon so <laughs> i want to just try and see if we can sort of maybe synthesize a little bit. I think we we started off with this idea from D.W. Winnicott, who was a, <laughs> a, a pediatrician. And um, I think, you know, he was he was trying to share with mothers at the time. It was it was early in the 1900s that you don't need to be perfect and that actually it's important to make mistakes and it's important to model what happens when you make mistakes and that's important for kids to see um and we then talked about differences that maybe 
there might be in terms of you know feeling and doing and um we wandered into guilt um and shame and um yeah that might be like a step (laughs) is like you know there's a layer of guilt that maybe comes up on the way to how you want to feel i don't know and and I don't think you have parenthood without it. Yeah. It's a part of parenthood. Yeah. So maybe being okay with the guilt is a is a good step, right? Just to I think actually listening to the guilt was what I was taking away. Yeah, nice. Was was yeah, you have to be okay with it to be able to listen to it. But like if you can hear the message, oh, I'm out of alignment. This isn't, this is uncomfortable. I don't like the way guilt feels. Sure. But like, it's telling me this important thing. You know, I care about X. I want to behave in Y way and I didn't. So now how am I going to fix it? Yeah. Or, or how am I going to move forward? Right. There you, you know? go. Okay. Yeah. I like that better with, than how am with I going to compassion. Fix it? Yeah. I think that's it is like, yeah. What to do after you make a mistake. There's so much you can do. I mean, that's the beauty of mistakes. There's so much we can do. And to me, it's about, it's back to that word being. How, how can I be with myself when I've made a mistake? Yeah. So that then whatever I do after that is within my integrity. Yeah. Nice. And in service of the relationship, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think one theme that we all touched on is the importance of presence and how to be present, we have to be regulated. And so whether it's putting a foot on the floor, like Kate said, going for a run, listening to music, having moments of watching thoughts and really letting them go or, you know, working with them, those are all techniques that we all use that I think is really, I think everyone has access to so many more Mm. little tricks than they're even aware of. And to bring that front and center can make people feel equipped, right? There's so many ways. I want to use the F word and see how it goes. But when is compassion something like forgiveness? When I we're know, talking about what's happened after you make a mistake. I, I mean, for me in this moment, compassion and forgiveness are very different things. Compassion to me involves reconnecting with myself with love. I don't have to be ready to forgive in order to show up with compassion. Okay. I mean, I think this is a whole other podcast topic. We should <laughs> yeah, get back Yeah, totally. And, right? But I think I'm not talking about forgiveness because I might still be really, like I might do something or act in a way that feels so not okay with me in the moment that I'm not ready to forgive myself. But I don't want to abandon myself in that moment. I need to stay steady with myself with like valid, you know, the not the it's okay I did that validation, but like, yeah, that was a crazy ass moment. I don't like what I did, but I'm going to stay steady and love myself through it. To me, that feels different than forgiveness, but I don't know. What okay. do you think? Yeah, that's like what you just described is how I would describe forgiveness, mm. but it, but it's a loaded term. It's a loaded term. Yeah, and and it, it's the connotation has something like letting myself off the hook, yeah. which I, I get that that's the you don't well, want to go maybe, there. But I actually just I guess I'm just saying to me, 
compassion can be spontaneous and in the moment. Mm. And to me, quicker, yes, quicker than forgiveness. Quick yeah. forgiveness, sometimes more accessible. T- yeah, exactly. Yeah. I would love to for all parents, moms and dads, to be able to have access to self compassion anytime they want and need it. To me, that is a good enough parent. Mm. Here we are. There you go. Right. Yeah. To me, that's the key to being a good enough parent. And we all have it. We don't. It's all here for us. It's all, we just need to access it it's not like we have to go out and find self-compassion yeah. i mean we all have access but yeah i will not forgive myself if i'm late to pick up <laughs> yes. my kids <laughs> pick up your kids. yes that was so fun but thank, thank you, you two so, so much, much. Thank you. so yeah. good really fun. that was thank really you. great you'll everyone listen out there podcast we'll continue the conversation over at motherhood uncut perfect that'd be awesome all right thanks. okay thanks for listening Bye.